Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. You have made it to episode 71. What is up, dude? I'm sad because I finished my coffee, and I was hoping I would have coffee the whole time during the episode, but it's all You gone. literally had 40 minutes before we hit record to go and make more coffee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but now it's worse because I had all the coffee, so the rest of the time, I'm just going to feel like I have to use the bathroom. Just pee, so. just pee in the now empty coffee cup. Haven't you ever road tripped before? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm scared of overflow. It's fine. At least you tried. Hey, man. At least you tried. You get you get an A for effort. You know. <laughs> oh man. Telling you, dude. How's, how's how's it going over there? You you had a you had yourself a nice breakfast. I had a nice breakfast, man. It's been a crazy week. It's been so it's so funny. Um, it's just it's just I I promise we'll get to watch this in a second, guys. Um, it's just so funny. The week has just been so it's just been a really tough work week for me. And towards the end, I was just I was just on fumes. I was just running on fumes, and I'm just exhausted, and it just it just felt like like I was always tired. Like I just had like blocks of dry blood behind my eyeballs and you're just looking at the world half a person you, 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 do you know the kind of exhaustion i'm talking about yes <laughs> like it was horrible and so towards the end i'm like oh man i gotta find the right song i gotta find the right like vin diesel chug palm muting song to like get my energy going and so i'm going through spotify i'm going through youtube i'm trying to find the right combination of like like raw bro core shit to like get my shit alive you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and nothing is working. Everything it's just I'm just I'm just stuck in this like this shell of just perpetual exhaustion and 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 just sexy ennui. And I'm like, dude, I'm fuck, I'm gonna die. Like like I'm I'm trying all these bands and nothing's working. And this little voice in my brain, this this little voice goes, dude, just just throw on some death cap. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> death cap? Dude, death cap will not get my dick hard. Okay? That is there's no way. I'm gonna finish this week strong on Death Cab for Cutie. My brain's like, just fucking, just what do you have to lose? That's a good idea. Yeah. Threw on Death Cab. It was incredible. It was exactly what I needed. I don't know. There was just something. It just clicked in my brain, and it was super chill. And their rhythm section has always been just so fucking top notch. And there was just something about it. So it was just one of those like lessons I learned. Sometimes forcing your way through the door isn't the best way to walk through a door like 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 you know what i'm saying just one of those like stupid lessons that i constantly forget and then remember so the, the next time the band that you're looking for is guar <laughs> <laughs> no i will never be actively see you only happen upon guar by accident and then you're just stuck with it <laughs> or or there's there's another uh they don't exist anymore they're from miami uh they're called all hell breaks loose um the first song on Spotify is Satan is a Friend of Mine. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Pretty serious. <laughs> no, no. I'm not. Th those are situations I will never find myself in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so to answer your question, it was a bad week, but now towards the end, it's, uh, I think I'm going to be okay. If I can get the next few days... The next couple of weeks after that are going to be are going to be pretty smooth. But 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 this is a really really exciting episode. I, I got super sidetracked. I just wanted to explain my my death cat for cutie story. Um, no, it's okay. 
I got super super sidetracked, but this is actually going to be a really really fun episode because this is one of the this is one of those episodes that I think only Michael, you and I, could do. You know, other other I mean, there are other podcasts as far as I'm concerned, but other potential you know you know uh, fictional podcasts, not podcasts about <laughs> fiction podcasts that are fiction fictional in nature. They could talk about anything that we talk about. Maybe not as well or as eloquently, as as genitally genitally inclined uh, as we do. <laughs> Um, but this is a cool topic. So today, the, the, this week's main topic for episode 71 is the idea of how Michael and I have grown with writing and just photographing watches. Like how we've grown in regards to uh, an outlet in our approaches to just creating watch content and kind of what we learned, what we learned from, you know, um, you guys from the watch family and also just what we've learned from like directly interacting with 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 brands you know brands who will reach out and say hey i got this watch got a big dick on it can you guys write about it and it's like fuck yeah dude like like it's it's i think it's just been very interesting so that's the main topic um for the week uh it also just occurred to me i think i, I think i just committed a, a very very big social faux pas i didn't ask you how your week was did i or did i i don't think you hey, did. how was your week that's okay I, no 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 <laughs> how me tell, tell me pour some wine tell me how your week was <laughs> oh man, I, I wish I had wine right now at nine in the morning. I'm telling you, dude, I'm drinking water out of a Dr. Pepper can, so I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's recycling. I, I guess it. it's kind of recycling for me. It's just convenient because I don't have to wash it afterwards. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good week. It was just it was just busy, but um, yeah, it was. Once again, the sweat plant, the sweatpants are like glued onto you <laughs> for like a the whole week. Do you ever? I mean, working, we both work from home, but working from home, do you ever find yourself in like a cocoon of funk that just like separates you in a thin like film from the rest of the world? But then as soon as you clean yourself, you find yourself oddly exposed. Is that like like? Do you get anyone I'm talking about, or, or is it just me? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I'm working I'm working on something right now. I'm calling the uh, the Basel beard, and uh, <laughs> so like, but I also haven't cut my hair in a long time. Oh, so man. like, my hair is getting crazy long, and so is the beard. So I'm I just like, yesterday I I actually like trimmed it, and uh, now I, now I don't look so homeless. Like there's so there's like some kind of form to it you no longer look like but, you no longer look like Jean Valjean and and hiding yeah <laughs> but if you but yeah on top of <laughs> on top of something like that if you miss a shower or maybe wear the same t-shirt for like eight days um yeah you're you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're in a cocoon of funk yeah that's the only way the only way I can describe it <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I get upset when I have to go outside I, and, yeah. and I get even more upset when there's like if I'm on a sidewalk and then there's like an, another person like on that sidewalk. <laughs> so it, it's just it's just an extension of my social anxiety you, and, li- and I, my poor social skills. Our lives are so weird. Like it's just very odd. <laughs> the things that happen. Oh man, but this is going to be a really good episode. I'm super excited to talk about it because it's one of those things that I think, uh, you know, it's just our approach to it has just sort of grown, but I don't think we've actually like sat down and like discussed it, you and I, let alone on yeah. air. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but we, this, 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 this is a family show guys. And as family, we have traditions. We have family traditions. And it's time to honor one of those traditions. This is going to be a really cool one. Um, Cause I think we're both wearing pretty cool watches. I suspect we're both wearing very, very cool watches. Let's do a wrist check. Uh, do you want to go first? I've been talking too much. I want to go first, but I want to make sure I have all of the specs pulled up because we talked about this watch um, when we had a very 
special guest on the show. Was it and was it me? Was that was that the special guest or No, it's not you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're special. I'm just not a special guest. guest. I'm just, oh, yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's 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 fair. That's fair. I kid. <laughs> uh no, I'm wearing the Raven uh venture. Yes. Yes. How do you and, like it? Oh. You know what? I yeah, so I have the Raven Venture. It's the uh brushed stainless steel version with the black dial and the orange seconds hand. This uh way back, way back, maybe last year we had a we had an episode uh published about the Seiko Sumo and how in a way we kind of considered it somewhat of a sub killer. I think was the term that we used. Okay. Um, and I feel like this this watch is kind of in that same in that same wheelhouse. Yeah, it's um, I can see that. It's it's forty two millimeters wide. Um, it wears. It, it's a big forty two. I'll say that. Um, it doesn't wear uh, as small as something like my Mako, even though they're the same size. I think the uh, I think the lugs on this adventure are a little bit more broad. Uh, yeah, they're like these these big big shoulder lugs, almost like the new. Uh, Submariner. I talked about it but in the. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's it's just very much its own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked about it in review. the The back of that venture is particular in that yes, it is 42, but it wears large because the case back is basically flat. The curvature of the watch doesn't occur until the last possible second on the lugs. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that is true. That is that's very so true. That's why that that's why it wears larger than you would expect. Um, it. I said in the review also. I would only keep that thing on the bracelet or maybe a leather strap. I wouldn't put yeah. it on a NATO. But 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 what are your thoughts? Would you put it on a NATO? Same. No. I. I. You know, it, it takes a lot for me to experiment with a watch that comes with a bracelet. Yeah. On something like uh, like a NATO or or something like rubber strap or something. Um, because I I've always said it. I feel like. If the manufacturer went through the process of designing a bracelet and putting it on the watch and sending it to me, I feel like I'm just going to have less watch if I take yeah. the bracelet off. Um, and this bracelet, it's actually very, very nice. It it's has this bracelet. ratcheting this ratcheting dive extension with like, I think, one, two, three, four different points of extension. Um, you know, I think this has... Okay, so it's pin and collar. Oh, no, wait. No, it's, it's these... Uh, these are the screw in links. Yes. So that's a nice little nice little touch. Great milled clasp, but a very, very big clasp. Is that is that what you kind of got as well? This is a huge clasp. Yeah, because it has to have room for that ratcheting r- r- ratchet mechanism for the diver's extension. You know? Yeah. So it yeah. does extend and, pretty far out from the bracelet. And much like much like the Raven Trekker that I have, the loom on this thing is just nuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's it, it it looks like a monster ready to like eat your face, <laughs> like a like a blue monster. I don't know, um, but just for some some other specs, this has the was it the ETA the ETA twenty eight twenty four. Is this is this the first time uh, Steve has used a Swiss movement? No, in his watches. No, there have been some no. there there have been some megalodons that have used it. I believe. Oh, okay, because the Trekker is the ninety fifteen, yep. and I was that 
that is my first and only 9015 watch i think it's such a good movement um, it's a really it's, it's a really good movement <laughs> great movement but do you th- i i feel like i'm seeing a decrease in people like there were there was like that one year where every single micro brand was obsessed with using that movement and i feel like it just dropped off the face of the earth people Dude, are doing the nh stuff and some because other- because miyota recognized the opportunity to increase the price of the movement and they did and it no longer became perspective to choose between the two <laughs> yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying so if i'm sitting there and if, and if and if before i only had to pay half the price for a 9015 as i would for 2824 and then the next year if i just paid a few bucks more and get the 2824 and be able to say it's Swiss. I'm just gonna do that, man. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 the, the value it, it it isn't there anymore. I would like to see more NH movements, NH 33, uh, 35, or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? That 38 and then the 88. I would like to I would yeah. like to see those more. Um, but 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 yeah, I feel like I I've been seeing less 9015s as well, and I suspect that's the reason that they just they just became too expensive, and it just doesn't it's just not perspective anymore at a certain point. So you fucked yeah. you fucked up, Miota. <laughs> and uh other things um to consider about this watch uh you know the 300 meters of water resistance nice the strap uh slash bracelet is 22 millimeters wide so you're fine for you know experimenting the it's got drilled lugs mm-hmm. also um nice big crown that's uh the crown pleasure dot crown's very fun great yeah and it comes in two finishes. This this one is brushed, and then there's a sandblasted finish. I personally, I really really like the sandblasted finish. I've seen both um, versions of this watch, and like that thing is, it's kicking. It just I don't know. I'm odd about sandblasting on watches. It makes me feel like the, a photo is out of focus. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It looks it, it looks like you turn on like the what is it like the noise reduction thing like too far so everything like all of the grain in the photograph is just gone exactly yeah, I know we can talk about that I later. was gonna say this is especially pertinent to today's topic but yeah yeah no you, you hit the nail on the head but 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 overall you're you're enjoying your time with the piece I hear it now yeah. how do you like the bezel on there yeah, very, very nice bezel. It's super solid, like no wiggle at all, at mm-hmm. least on this one. Um, and the, you know, for me, the one thing I had to get used to, and this is this is sort of a little touch that, that <clears throat> Steve does on, on his watch, is that it's, it's, a, it's a black sports dive watch. Um, very kind of traditional look, traditional design, but he's just got this like crazy orange seconds hand in the middle. Yeah. Um, and the handset is kind of like out of left field because it it looks like what you would see on a Tudor Ranger or something like that. It's like this kind of at least at least the hour hand looks like what you the get on a Tudor Ranger. Yeah. So it it's like a dive watch with like a field watch looking like time display. Um, and he you know Steve has always been very playful with what he includes in the dial, and I think what the Trekker achieved. Um, with like its own kind of thing, you know, the, the ventures feels the same way. So yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, he's, he said it on the show when he was on, he was on episode, uh, we get Steve on as a guest in episode 69. And he said that that was like a very early inspiration, the idea of those vintage old school, uh, Tudor Rangers. And so that is definitely where the hand came from. I think it's the idea that he wanted to create a watch that sort of had some field watch stylings, but also 300 meters 
water resistance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So so I I mean I mean I mean quite quite literally you could go on an adventure. Like if Frodo had that shit from the Shire to fucking <laughs> uh, 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 Mordor, I think he would have been fine. I, you know, <laughs> he would have been. I fine, think he would have yes. been okay. You know. So we need we need um so attention brand owners. I think at some point. <laughs> We need an all uh, mithril uh, case, <laughs> we, dive watch case. We made a, we've made a few mithril jokes in this fucking show, haven't we? <laughs> I feel like we have mithril. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, if someone can make that shit, as if someone's got some kobolds in the base of some mountain somewhere, if y'all could come rustle up some mithril for us, I think that'd be great. You know, <laughs> let us let know. us know. Let us know what's up, and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do to get the word out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's super. So cool. How about you? What what are you wearing? I am wearing a watch. I did not think I would like at all. I'm wearing a watch that I expect to just kind of be like, meh. I'm wearing a watch that I might be head over heels in love with. Straight up. Hmm. And to watch we might have talked about on air. It's a watch that you knew about that I learned about I learned about from you. I'm wearing the MHD CR1. <laughs> I'm taking a look here. Matthew Humphrey's design, um C uh, CR1. Uh, to Panda Dial, it to Quartz Chrono. You probably know more about this brand and this designer more than I would, but um, I had the opportunity to spend some time with this watch uh, through another relationship that we have and we're talking about right now, or we're working with right now. Um, this watch, it so my understanding is that it's sort of it's sort of automotive inspired, but nothing too tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. There's still a very unique sort of design, like ethos to it but it's just i don't i don't know how to describe this watch michael but i'm i'm in love with it it's like seeing yeah, it's, it's like seeing something on a menu it's like seeing something on a menu and it's like bananas it's like it's like bananas and steak you're like oh that sounds fucking <laughs> horrible that sounds like de fucking death bananas and steak and then you order it because you're drunk and you're like this is fucking delicious what what life was i living before i had bananas and steak you know what i mean <laughs> So I'm trying to figure out what kind of life I was living before I had this MHD CR1 in my possession. So it's a panda dial. It has these sort of um, skeletonized pencil hands. So if you're familiar with the Orient Christmas Chrono or the types of handsets you see on some of those Orient Neo 70 series, they're what I would call pencil hands. So there's like a solid section and like an empty section, but the empty section usually has loom. The hands on this... Where there would be loom, it's just nothing. So I would I, I would call it skeletonized, and they're rectangular. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sub dials are really cool. The sub dials sort of look like car speedometers, like car readouts, but it's not lame. Does that make sense? Yeah. I look at this watch and I kind of think that it seems as if a brand that was really good at Bauhaus design or like minimal design yeah. came out came out with a racing chronograph that wasn't cheesy with like a checkered flag motif or like God God knows a what tire tread bracelet that the bracelet looks like it's tire treads you know yeah <laughs> like almost like if Nomos was gonna make a racing chronograph that's such a great you know? fucking way of describing it this thing is super clean but it doesn't feel like anything's missing. Like I've seen some minimalist watches where it's just like, oh, we wanted our watch to look like a drop of water in a puddle. And it's just like nothing. There's just like nothing on the yeah. watch except like a hand and an anus. And you're like, well, I can't fucking do anything with this. 
are the are the pushers screw down? I'm looking at the pushers and they have some pretty serious like nerve. Dude, the, the 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 main the main I forgot the word. The crown is screwed down, which fucking surprised me. The crown yeah. is screwed down. The pushers are not. There's a Mio okay. there's a Miyota um a Miyota six S21 movement in here. I think part of it might be mecha because the buttons click, the subdial register for minutes flies back, but the but the actual continuous seconds hand is um has its own step motor so it does that dance. So I feel like some of the some of the sub registers might be mechanical, but the main like second readout is is is, is quartz like it has that like that 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 you know you know that quartz chrono dance that it does when you yeah, use it. Yeah. 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 But the readout for like the chrono like counting like uh, uh like 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 the not the tachometer because technically doesn't even have a tachometer I don't think if it does it's it's just done really well, um, it's just I don't know what it is about this watch, dude. I'm super into it, man. Damn you for telling me about this watch. It's really cool. It's, it's funny when you go to the Miyota website, by the way. Okay, I didn't uh, know they had a website. And you, yeah, and you go on the page that has the the six S. Two one, they call this um, this family of movements just two eyes. That's that's the name. <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is kind of cool. Um, so it's it's a smooth. So you said it's a smooth sweep for the primary chronograph seconds. Hand. It's it's smooth-ish. There's a bit of a tick, but what's unique is the minute register, the actual subdial that counts the minutes. That flies back. It snaps back, and you hear it and you feel it when you reset the chronograph. Right, that was that was a lot like the Bull of a Moonwatch. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But I like it because the so traditionally on the chronograph you would have the 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 second ticks on the very outside, like the tachometer on the very outside perimeters of the dial. Not so much on this. It's actually um, it's actually brought in a bit further from the edges than you would expect. But on the outside, in that negative space, really, really subtle. They had this beautiful sort of like font that he's using and it has like zero to 60 there but it's it's spaced out in increments of fucking five but it's just i don't know if the i'm i'm down with the font the sub dials are sunken a little bit so there's really fun texture the crystal is super cool in this thing too it's like it's like sort of a boxy dome but it has this fun like beveling on the edge uh-huh dude i'm super into this fucking watch man <laughs> I'm glad you like it's, it, but it doesn't make any sense. Like nothing about this watch from the website or from photos I saw online did it for me. But the second I had this thing, like I opened the box and I'm like, okay, and then I put it on my wrist. I was like, holy shit, this is this is incredible. The watch, this is the big the, one of the big difficulties. I think one of the bigger aspects of the watch to get over for folks. There's no curve in the case. And the case will extend, it does extend staying pretty far. I don't have specs in front of me, but if I had to guess, it's probably, it's probably around 49 or 50 lug to lug. And so I see it. It's, it's 50 lug to lug. Yeah. And so it doesn't yeah. curve. The top of my wrist is flat. So for me, it's incredibly comfortable. It's like bonkers comfortable, but I could see for someone who had bit of a more rounder, uh, uh, wrist, wrist, wrist top, hashtag wrist top. I don't know if it's a real hashtag or not. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it being potentially uncomfortable, but for me, dude, it's money. It's it's uh, it's. I want to keep this watch. 
This is a very cheap watch. Too. I didn't know. That's what surprised. That's what surprised me. Also, it's only like two or three hundred bucks USD, right? It's so it's two hundred and fifty pounds. So that's and, like that's like what four dollars today. It's <laughs> <laughs> worse. <laughs> Today's three forty six today. That's, that's as still. Of this episode. I mean, for for honestly, I I I'm into it, man. I'm digging it. The 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 the, the knurling on the detail on the knurling is really really good. On the crowns, I mean, and the pushers. Um, it's super legible. It's super balanced. It doesn't feel crowded, but it still feels like there's enough there. I don't know. So, okay, I, I, I know my... I, I do apologize if I'm rambling about this watch because people have told me I ramble too much during wrist checks. And I'm sorry, guys, but that's how I talk. What <laughs> I really enjoy about this watch a lot is me also as a person that is working in an aspect where I am designing you know, watches and I have to be considerate of some things I've never considered before in design fields. This watch, I will hardcore say it, is way over-designed, but it's done so well. Yeah, I've, yeah, but I there's some things that I enjoy. I, I, I like the absence of the um, tachymeter scale. Yeah. I think that's completely unnecessary no. a, lot of the, a lot of the time, and it's just like a random... It's a random design trait that's just thrown in there because you want to make the watch feel more racing-inspired. Yeah. But you know, no, there's no purpose and nobody's going to use it. It's the same reason why Affliction shirts have all that garbage on it because you want it to look cooler. But at the end of the day, it's just fucking garbage. It's like you, you don't need all that shit on your shirt, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the uh, Enough was put into the watch, enough was left out of the watch, and enough was methodically designed to where it's just great. I've seen watches that are over-designed and they look like hunks of dog shit. This is hardcore over-designed, but it's perfect. It's done so well. It's exactly what... I guess the design studio. Who, I guess it's just it's just one guy, right? This Matthew Humphreys guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the, to my knowledge. It's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. You got a panda chrono. That's cool. Yeah, on the back it says limited to 500. Doesn't say what number this one is. Oh. But, nice. but I guess it's just. But yeah, that's what I'm wearing, and I'm I'm oddly into it. The watch has really good weight as well. I love the sides of the case. The sides of the case. It's just a big chunk of fucking steel with a good curve in it and it's brushed it's um i just stop talking about this watch otherwise i'm gonna get a lot more angry emails but 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 yeah dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm just super yeah dude i didn't give a shit about this brand before when we first talked about it but like now i'm like i'm into it is he still doing yeah. stuff i feel like have we talked about this 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 mhd design on air we haven't we haven't and i i haven't seen too much um but, you know, I, I think they're really nice. And I, I think if somebody is looking for a cheap kind of automotive inspired watch, I think this is a good choice. You know, it's just so cool. I'm super into yeah. it, man. But yeah, that's that's that, that 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 that's that that's what I'm wearing. Sorry for getting super distracted. I've just been listen, man, I've just, I've just been drinking Dr. Pepper, listening to Death Cab Cutie for two days straight. So I'm, I'm probably not <laughs> emotionally in the best place right now. You know what I'm saying? Did I, did I also tell you one time that I've never had Dr. Pepper? You did tell me. You also told me you didn't have Lucky Charms. <laughs> I don't understand. Or that you didn't like Lucky Charms. Uh, well, there's no point to Lucky Charms besides the, the marshmallows. No point to anything no. to the marshmallows. If there's anything in your life that involves marshmallows, that's the most important aspect of that thing you're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I like this watch. Are marshmallows like vegan? Watch. No, they're not. They're like animal fat, aren't they? You can get vegan ones. Yeah, you can get vegan ones. Are they any good? Have you had them? Yeah. Yeah, there's just no difference. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm super into this watch. I, I, I'm looking forward to spending time with it. Keep an eye on the feed for photos of it. Hell, I mean, the fucking, I mean, should I just make this the, 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 the show notes photo? This watch? I think so. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, man. Super into it. Um, I, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll try and do write up for the site if I can find time. Uh, yeah, case back is super simple, and yeah, so I, I, I hear. We'll move on. We'll move on from this this fucking random ass watch, which I was totally sidelined by. MHD, <laughs> MHD CR CR one. Um, there's a watch you wanted to talk about before we got to the main topic, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this watch. Yeah, do you did you find the did you find the website by the way? I did for this one. I did. I see a watch. There's a watch here. <laughs> Does it look like a watch Mike would want to talk about? <laughs> it does. It, it's very. It, it, it has. <laughs> it's very. Has um. It has flight hands. It has sort of like those like dial kind of like how Bell and Ross has those like thick dial hands. Those I don't want to call them flieger hands because I don't know if they technically are because they're styled after dials, not fliegers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna try to find this brand's uh, social media account first before I start talking um, because I don't. Okay, yeah. So kind of kind of a minimal presence. Um. Okay, I'll talk about this watch. <laughs> let's ta- let's Sorry. talk about the watch because there's a, there's an interesting aspect of this watch. There's something happening on the case side which indicates to me the type of watch it is, but I don't see that indication on the dial at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I I apologize. I haven't taken the um the full time to dedicate to figuring out how this specific watch works in the way that it's supposed to. But let's tell people what I watch think it is. Yeah, well, it's it's hard because <laughs> the the watch is called the A dash thirteen A Pilot Watch. Okay. Um, but the brand is also called, I believe, A dash thirteen A. So when you go to the website, there's like a little airfoil logo with A dash thirteen A inside, and then this is the A dash thirteen A Pilot Watch. So basically, what you're going to be looking at if you if you find it is sort of a, a Zen slash IWC looking case with uh, chrono pushers, uh, but no chronograph like subdials. Nope. So it's a it's a central, I guess what people call a central chronograph or centrally displaying chronograph. I'm not really sure. I know some older Breitling models did that. But um, kind of a traditional big pilot's watch display with the um, with the large hour Arabic numerals and then a smaller scale on the outside for the minutes. And then the hands are like, like you said, what you would see on a traditional altimeter or, um, you know, like Bell and Ross watches. Mm-hmm. I just, I kind of like the look. I think it's quartz um, also, which for me is pretty attractive. Swiss quartz. So. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if this thing. So if this doesn't have if this doesn't have any like chrono like subdials or anything, I, I think it might not have a running seconds at all. Um, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, and I'm trying to find. Yeah, I see what's happening. So there's there's a central there's a central chronograph seconds hand, and right under that there's a larger chronograph minutes hand and they both use the primary display to give you the readout 
So it's essentially a one hour chronograph. Oh. And I don't, with this configuration, there, there can't be any running seconds. I would imagine not. No. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a fun look. Um, and you know, I kind of saw this thing and there's a bit of a story behind it. It was apparently taken up in a, like a Lockheed U2 spy plane. So they, they have some of that in like their marketing material. Are they still flying there's, those? Uh, we're not supposed to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought those were from like the 70s and like the Cold War. Or am I super confused? I mean, they, yeah, no, you're not confused, but there's still some some old birds up there, you know? Interesting. Okay, cool. You didn't hear from us. <laughs> but anyways you know that that's that's a cool aspect that i'm sure it will attract some people totally. i think that i think the guy that runs the brand is also uh like an a320 pilot um you know and i think he runs it with like a couple other friends that are like pilots as well so that's that's fun um what's with pilots starting watch brands gavox bramont this guy who else who else is a pilot I don't know if the Braymont guys are pilots, are they? Oh, I thought they flew planes. I thought that was the story behind how they got the name of the watch brand. They were flying and landing in someone's cornfield or some shit. <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't, isn't that the story? You know, I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. I'm not really sure. Never mind. I'm sorry. I've always I've always liked a lot of their watches, but I, I just, I never thought they had a story. I thought that um, was the story. Braymont was the name of the farmer whose field they landed in. I swear to God, I've heard this. Like someone, I think someone emailed it to us. <laughs> Wait, a farmer named Bremont? Yeah, it was in France or some shit. <laughs> Le Bremont, I don't okay. know, dude. Like, fine. <laughs> no, you might be right. You might be right. I, I've I've heard, I've heard stranger things. Don't worry. <laughs> like they were up there flying their fucking Cessnas, popping champagne and killing strippers, and the plane crash landed in someone's fucking vineyard or some shit. And the farmer's name was Bremont. I swear to God, so one of you motherfuckers listening to the show emailed that to us. <laughs> I am so fucking positive. It is not even funny because I think we asked that question on like episode negative three, like a long fucking time ago when we were still scared about being on air. You know what I mean? I do like those. I do like those. A lot of their watches. They're, they're, they're pricey, but I do like a lot of them. Very, very polemic brand. I've, I've, I've been learning from the internet, uh, regards to Bremont, but yeah, so I'm sorry. I got super distracted. Yeah. So this guy that started the brand was a pilot or has some sort of flying history. And so he started this watch. Yeah. Is this a new watch or is this an old watch, this A13A uh, pilot? I, I think it's newer. However, there's it's hard to kind of figure out what's happening because it's also quite expensive. Um, the price is 793 euros. That's tough. That's tough for a quartz chrono from a micro brand. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out. Oh, no, wait. Okay, so what? this is the ETA. 251.264 I've never heard of that neither have I <laughs> I'm it's also a quartz. not okay so I just I just looked it up it's a it's a quartz it is a quartz chronograph movement oh it's a split it's a split second quartz chronograph movement that's why the readout that's, that's why the readout's so weird huh that's probably why it's so expensive it's probably, it's probably a $200 movement and it's also a thermocompensated quartz movement. Yeah, those 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 Eta quartz movements, the higher end ones, they're actually really cool. They're jeweled. Does that one have one? It should have one to three jewels in it. It says twenty-seven jewels. Holy shit balls! Are you serious? <laughs> That's pretty cool yeah. for a quartz watch, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is this is definitely in the higher end quartz category. Wow! It says it has it has five uh, step motors. Yep. Uh, oh, the hour hand can be independently adjusted. Hacking seconds doesn't matter in this case. Um, battery life is seventy two months. So this is pretty. So I guess it's a high-end quartz movement. Yeah. Um, we've talked about high-end quartz before. It it really depends on on what you feel, uh, but this this is a little a little pricey. Um, you know, it depends on how much you're into the look. Uh, you know, I feel Gav. We brought up Gavox for example. He he makes a lot of really nice pilot style chronographs, yeah. and he he's running out of stock quickly. <laughs> Good um, for him. If any, if anyone deserves the success, it's that guy. But there's one, there's one very, very, very disappointing um, design decision that was made with this watch. Okay, I'm looking at and it. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you've seen it yet because it's difficult to tell. Let me take a good, a good gander at it here. Uh, a design point about the watch that you don't think is good. So, just under twelve o'clock, there's like, there's like a a glossy kind of glossy embossed imprint that just says pilot watch <laughs> in case you didn't know <laughs> so it's just it says a-13a right above six but then in black lettering on a black dial under 12 o'clock it just says pilot watch it's odd that's that's like if i bought a guitar and on the guitar it said like rock and roll rock and <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> just leave it at a-13a rock and roll punk rock man <laughs> i want to get a guitar to have say soul music on it <laughs> yeah. yeah um i i have a couple suspicions one of them is i they probably just wanted the the name on there um my my cynical suspicion, just how I understand certain manufacturing things to work, is with this watch, the configurations they are working with, with the manufacturer, they might have had to put something there. And so, if he had to put something there, I guess maybe the name of the watch, and let's just put it in black, so it doesn't stand out too much. You know what I'm saying? Does that train of thought make sense? I I mean, because sometimes know, with the micro brands, you have to order from a set menu. You can adjust it, but the menu's set. But 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 does it mean you have to print something on the dial like that? Maybe I mean maybe they had to. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I mean it, it might just been some. I mean they printed they printed a dash thirteen a. That's fine. That's that fine. looks good. That's totally fine. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Yeah, I don't know. It's oh, are these made in Italy? That's another thing. The brand it's like a it's small like Italian brand. Kind of apparently. Cool. I, I don't I don't know if if they they get them in parts and then they're assembled in in Italy but you know that's the packaging is pretty cool too. I don't know if you've seen the packaging it comes in this kind of like this like cardboard canister thing that looks like uh what you would get older aircraft parts in. That's cool. I you know what's funny the pilot watch the text there the the way the text looks it looks like it's almost like 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 glossy like but like stamped like an old school sort of like instrument you know what i mean yeah i'd be much more into this watch if it didn't say pilot watch on it. i know i'm i'm trust me I'm, I'm right there with you maybe it's not too bad and maybe it's not so bad in person i'm looking that's like the stripper wearing a shirt that says strip <laughs> it's so you know it's so you know dude <laughs> okay <laughs> it's easy to get confused out there these days <laughs> oh. 
But handsome, handsome watch. Otherwise, and, it's and interesting. I'm kind of interested. I'm interested to know more about it. Yeah, it says made in Italy, just under six o'clock. Yeah, I found. I finally um, found a good picture of it. I can see the text. It's weird. The text pilot watch is weird. It's a big watch, dude. Fifty-two lug to lug. Oh, I didn't know it was that big. Fifty-two lug to lug, forty-two diameter, which isn't bad. Thirteen millimeter thick. It's just the lug to lug, which is oddly long. Yeah, that's what she said. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a pilot watch though. I mean, it's it's fine. Interesting. Where'd you hear about this brand? I think I just saw it on Instagram one day, and I thought I thought it looked pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I did I did some digging, and then yeah, like I said, the the oh wait a minute, it's it's six hundred fifty euro if you're not in Europe. So six hundred fifty euro to USD. That's like what eight hundred bucks, Ex- excluding excluding VAT. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Wow, it's expensive, man. That's that's seven hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You got close at that man. at that. Oh, nice. At that point, I mean, you could just probably get a mechanical or a big crown. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That, yeah. It's a tough. It's a tough price range. Um, I'm interested to sort of see. The thing is, at that point, you become competitive only if you're able to position the product in a way that makes it actually unique. So I'm curious to see what his outreach actually is like. If he's just posting pictures like of of him on the toilet wearing the watch, then, you know, whatever. But if it's actually, like, a proper outreach program and they're actually, like, just showing you what's cool about the watch, then, I don't know, it could be perspective. But, but yeah, interesting yeah. brand, I guess, to kind of keep my eye on. Yeah, there's a similar brand who I will kind of <clears throat> see as the primary competitor called Butler Watch Company. And he's a pilot, um, and he makes a bunch of aviation-inspired watches. He has a Quartz GMT, a Quartz Chrono, and a new, like, um, any digi sort of poor man's like Breitling aerospace. Dude, there are too many watch is, brands. Have we talked about how there are too many watch brands? We, oh yeah, yeah, there are way too many. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all should stop. Y'all yeah, fucking need to stop <laughs> making watch brands. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know his his uh, let's let's take a look at his pilot chrono, which is like a quartz two register chronograph. <clears throat> Super cool look, very similar look. Um, but this one is. You know, to register more traditional, and it's four hundred and fifty nine dollars from a pilot. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know? that's 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 one of those things where I mean, don't don't start a watch brand unless you a have something really unique to offer, and b if you actually can articulate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of it. That's that's the other watch that I was uh, I was just curious about um, this past week. You know, yeah. it looks cool. But uh, there's there's a lot of competition. Uh, there's a lot to consider if you're going to drop that kind of money. I think you really have to like the look. I think you really have to like the novelty of the way the chronograph works. Um, maybe you're into super high-end quartz, even though I'm not sure how super high-end that is. But, um, you know, an interesting watch nonetheless. And, I feel like um, it's one of those yeah, watches I'm you have to see. curious to see. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's one of those watches you have to see in person. That's one of the things that kind of affects micro brands specifically. A lot of the stuff you just can't get unless you see it in person, man. Like, I'm trying to think what other watch brands were were were, were like that. I feel like I feel I feel I feel like Zelos, Zelos is like that a lot. You know what I mean? I saw the pictures yeah. online and it was cool, but then when I saw them in person, I'm like, holy fuckballs! These things are super cool. Like, dude, yeah. really, is a really cool brand, man. You know. Um, same with Mercer. I mean, I saw photos of Mercer. And I thought they were cool, but then when I saw that Lexington Chrono in person, that I, I wind up, it was really killer. It was so cool. 
you know that blue one man yes yes <laughs> yes you know so i feel like if uh if a fucking a13a made it out to to wind up and like was able to show folks what that uh their their chrono complication like how it functioned uh, i think i think it would definitely turn heads whether it would turn heads for $800 usd that 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 remains to be seen. <laughs> remains to be seen <laughs> Well, Mister Mister A thirteen A, when you when you land your your U two and I don't know, wrap it up at the uh, at the lounge bar. When you when you call. when you land your U two in Monstier Bremont's uh, wi- uh, a wine f- a vineyard, <laughs> come give us a ring. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take a look at your watch, maybe. But um, maybe. but yeah, no, that's super cool. I I I I just I'm always interested. Two things of just oh, the different watch brands that are out there and the watch brands that you hear about. Because I just live, I, I, I exist in the watch world in the same way I existed in the music world in high school, in a bubble. I don't know what's going on around me. Whatever, whatever I hear, I hear because of friends or I just hear in passing or I saw it as a shirt and hot topic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't learn about new things. I just, I, it's just not how my brain works. I'm always interested to just sit down, sit down and talk to you about new shit that happens, you know? Yeah. Well, it's fun, but it's a bit of an overload at times because too, of too many, how many brands there are. Too many watch brands. You know what I'm saying? But here, shall we transition to the main topic of the day? Because I feel like in this aspect in regards to writing about watches and photographing watches, you and I have grown very strongly. You more particularly than I, but we've grown in very, very, I think different, like different ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I think it's definitely when you look at the, the photos, the photo aspect, the two of us have always been writing, um, or at least you longer than I have professionally um but it's a it's kind of a strange space to exist within yeah um it's highly specialized um teeters teeters on the verge of you know basically like marketing kind of stuff well that's the Um, difficulty because we've talked about it on the show doing watch journalism in a way that's authentic it, it can be hard it's not impossible but it can be hard especially if you want to do it in a way where you you want this thing you want this watch? Excuse me, as I, as, I, as I burp, I had I had really good breakfast this morning, and it's coming, it's coming back up. <laughs> if you do a watch brand or, or a, no, no, a fucking watch blog, and you want it to keep the lights on, you have to start thinking about it as as a business. But at the same time, you don't want to put yourself in a way where you compromise what you're doing, what you're writing about, the way you're trying to like speak and like and like articulate something to folks, that we're trying to educate them on this piece or this technology or whatever, to so on and so forth. So that's been something that's been interesting for me to navigate. Um, I, I have been writing professionally for a, a while, but the problem was there was a period of time where I just wasn't writing. Also, my writing style, I used to be I used to be, I used to enjoy my writing style all so much more than I enjoy it now, but I went to grad school and that shit fucked it up. Grad school <laughs> fucked up my writing so hardcore. It is not even funny. So I got out of I got out of, out of grad school and then I had to like figure out how to write for like regular human beings, not like not like 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 cobweb collecting academics. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, when I'm writing, I don't I don't know if, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this, but like if I'm writing something and it starts to like sort of sound too dense or too technical, I'll just start talking about my nipples or my dick, like in like in the piece of writing, be like oh yeah the traditional blah 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 like a dick, like I have to like bring it down. 
<laughs> it's something I have to be conscious. No, I have to be conscious of it. Otherwise, it'll sound like some fucking boring piece of shit writing. So I have to say something horrible in the writing in order for me to keep my head on straight. Grad school fucked me up, man. <laughs> so you, you basically, so you have Tourette's on paper. I have, I have, I have, I've, 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 I've chosen onset Tourette's. I've, I've opted for Tourette's on paper. And sometimes, oh, okay. and sometimes while talking, you know, um, but that's, that's one of the things that I, I feel like was super, super, not difficult to navigate, but interesting. You know, I want, we want to grow two book watch knobs. We want this thing to be our bread and butter. We want to keep the lights on. Um, but it's just figuring out a way to write, you know, that's helpful, but also at the same time, you just, you just want to make sure it's like business sustainable and everything like that. Um, but just going back to what you said, the photos have definitely improved. On your end and on my end, I'll never forget the. Do you, do you remember the first photo we ever put up on our feed? Uh, yeah, I, it's funny. Sometimes I scroll all the way to the bottom just to look. <laughs> I forgot what it was though. It's a photo I took uh, at the time when I was working at Universal Studios. I was, uh, I was, I, I was outside. I was taking a walk. I used to take. So anyone that used to work with me, I used to take what are called um, Casm or Caswalks. Caswalks. I was just, <laughs> I would just, I would just disappear for like three or four hours. <laughs> I would just go away. I just, I just be gone. And I was on a catwalk, and um, I was outside the production building, and I was wearing my SNK. I was wearing my Seiko SNK, and I took a photo on my phone, and uh, I fretted over over it for like an hour, trying to get like all the all the like the look and the the editing right, and then I posted it, and I'm pretty sure that was our our first our first photo. Nice, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I edited the first one that I did. I think it was. I think it was a shot of the Vostok, actually. Oh shit! I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one that I put on there. And it was with like an iPhone. No, it was with uh, the Samsung Galaxy S7 that I still have. Yeah, my first photo was with the iPhone five. Yeah, on the on on the <clears> phone. <throat> but from then to now, it's definitely the quality has gotten better. But what I've become conscious of has also just been like, I'm conscious of so much more bullshit now, only specific to watches. I don't, I'm sorry? I, I just, I have to say something, because whatever people say about the photos, at least my photos, um, and you can say that I've gotten better, that's fine. I, I have no clue what I'm doing, Cass. <laughs> no one does. Just, you, no I don't, one does. <laughs> I'm still just, I'm still just pissing in the wind. But the thing is, I feel like, unconsciously you're more accountable for things in regards to light specific on the watch you know what i mean um yeah the big thing that i was just like so weird about is i'm before i didn't care but now i care so much glare on the crystal i work so hard to make sure there's no glare in the crystal but at the same time maybe a little bit of glare just 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 a tasteful a tasteful touch of dick just to make just to make sure you know the crystal is there or if it's domed or boxed you can tell just the tip you know what i'm saying you know what i think would be a good idea but you'll look like a psycho what is to just um <laughs> just have an umbrella what do you so like you, you have you, you have an umbrella in one hand okay and then yeah, I guess you'd have to photograph the watch like on a flat surface, but with the umbrella, like the rain umbrella, you can kind of work with the light. Does that work? Is that what photographers do? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What what what's what's the umbrella do? What is the umbrella for? It gives you more control over the glare that's going to happen on the watch. 
Do I have so to have like, like a if, white umbrella or like did, like does the color not matter or am I overthinking it? I think it doesn't matter. I'm going to try it. It's hard to explain. Okay. But continue. You try it. No, no, no. So <laughs> the, the, that's the thing I'm always conscious of. This is just a, uh, just some like I I learned so much in conversations with uh, with watches off. Check out his feed for really incredible watch photos. He's a great friend of the show and he's really he's he's every time I think I'm doing well in watch photography, one of his fucking photos comes on my feed. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, I'm still I'm still playing with sticks in the mud. Got it. Totally. I just totally want to. I just want to give up. I just. Yeah. I, right. I just. I see what he does, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's all meaningless. Everything I've been doing for the past year is is 100% meaningless. Dude knows what he's doing, but like you know, we 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 talk a lot, and I, I would ask him tips very very early on. Um, he and EA8, another friend of the show, I learned so much from them just about bouncing light. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the idea yeah. that you can just control, like identify your main light source, whether it's something natural or artificial, and then just control it. What's what stuff as stupid as like index cards, you know what I mean? Like just bending yeah. index cards and then like decorating them around the watch to bounce light where it needs to go and everything like that. And just like also other principles like 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 rules of three, like the good old fashioned Zelda rule of three. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, uh, like three things, like in a photo, main thing, and then two other things, and like, to, like for depth and everything like that. Like, it's that's that type of stuff which I sometimes it's difficult for me to be conscious of, but it's just I've learned so much. But what I think is incredible, Michael, is none of my watch photo skills are translatable to other photos. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah, or, no. Or is I, it just I me? I can't. I mean, I can take an okay watch photo, but you know. If I try to like mess around with other types of photography, I just whatever. Like I don't know how to do it. Steve from Raven Watches, he has um he has a a, a, a personal feed where he does really great um still life photos, and they're incredible. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Just, I couldn't do that. He he just posted one of like a hummingbird, but like close enough to the fucking hummingbird where like you can see it's like pores. Yes, I yeah, I just saw I don't know that. If, I don't know if hummingbirds have pores. They do now. It doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> rock, rock, rock and roll rock and roll on your guitar <laughs> so you have i, I have a question and I, I think i'm i'm on the watches off feed does he use uh like one of those studio boxes the or light boxes that you call them i think sometimes my understanding is that sometimes he has he has a setup in which he can basically control the light artificially to where he can shoot any time of the day whenever he wants which is awesome i, I would love to to get a setup like that um, so I believe he has one. I have one. I just need to get better lights. I want to get better, um, reflector stands instead of just trying to like, cause the thing is I, I, I have to, a lot of times I have to hold a piece of paper to bounce light, but then I need to like uh -huh. also take a photo, but I also want to hold more pieces of paper to like bounce more light. So it just gets confusing. So yeah, he's got one of those light boxes. I don't use mine very often. Um, I just got one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do with it. Did you get any, I, I, I'm sorry. It got it. It has these like little lights that came with it, um, but I don't really know how to use them. And like, um, it's really big. Did, did is yours like a twenty four cube? Because that's what I have. Mine, I think twenty four by twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So we have the same size. Way more dick space uh, than the watch needs. <laughs> way, exactly. way more. <laughs> well, it's 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 for it's for Nora also because she's getting into like food photography and that's stuff right. like that. So. If she has like a bigger like maybe like a dish on like a, a larger tray or something what i find interesting that. about the light box is the times that i've used it it's great for diffusing light and basically like surrounding your object of focus 
in like really good soft lighting but what mm. i have trouble with with that light box which is why i don't use it very much anymore i don't know how to control the lighting to be dynamic it's just one just black everything is just lit up everything's you know what i'm yeah. saying like i the thing is i want to try and control the light in a way to you know have fun shadow depth or just really just kind of just you know create just really fun atmospheres so that's why it's difficult for me to use the light box. I'm sure if I used it more, I'd get better. But but right now, basically, what I do is there's a spot in my apartment between 2 and 3 p.m. where the sunlight hits this window just right. And if I can find a good spot in, like, the time frame the sun is where it needs to be, which is about, like, a half hour, <laughs> I, can, uh -huh. yeah. I can maybe get a good shot, you know? Right. I will say you're it's, you're it's tough, your, man. Your photos have gotten much better. I know I know you don't necessarily think so, but just those Orion photos, the calamity shots you did, like 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 in the in the situation in which you did them in, those were so oh, good. I really I I'd like some more time with that watch, maybe under better conditions. Mm -hmm. Um that is that is kind of that's super tricky a lot of times to just get like a good watch photo in like an environment that you're not comfortable with. It was impossible so, at wind up. It was impossible. Yeah. Yeah, like what we were dealing with at wind up, um, you know. And like even if you go to like a boutique or something, if if a brand tells you like, oh yeah, meet with us at a boutique, but their boutique has all these like shitty like jewelers lights everywhere <laughs> and, and it just like makes everything look orange or like just crazy flat white. Um but it, it's it's such a it's such a huge kind of process. And one that I don't think people really consider um, when they go out and say they want to write about watches and like take photos and do reviews and stuff like that. There's a lot of time that you have to invest, you know, um, and especially if you do like a video as well, like it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And it, you're, you're only going to get better the more that, that you do it, you know, like any skill, like any skill. You know, it's 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 just the, the time you put in, you're only going to get better the more you screw up. It's just one of those things. I do, I have a theory that the lights at Windup are filled uh, with deli mustard. <laughs> because everything was yellow. Everything was yellow. Like, I tried taking photos at the Orient booth, the, the Long Island watch booth that, that uh, Mark from Long Island watched there, and he had a bunch of Orients. I took a few shots, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, these are going to be great. And I looked them on, the, my, on my viewfinder, and it literally looked like I took a picture in a pool of piss. I'm like, oh, good, good. I'm glad. I didn't want these to look nice at all. Fuck, fuck me. The, you know, the folks are gonna love that. <laughs> this is gonna get this is gonna get so many Instagram likes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it, it's. With, I'm sorry. With with the then with like the writing, it's just like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we pro. I feel like we approach it very differently. We write what the aspects with which we look at on a watch are. I think a bit different. I feel like. When you, when, when you, the first, what do you usually try and account for? Do you break the watch down piece by piece? Are, are you, or are you just conscious of whatever you're conscious of in the moment and that's it? I've gone through, through like four or five different schools of thought. Okay. <laughs> concerning like watch writing in like the past like year and a half. Um, when I first started doing it, it was for like a small jeweler in Miami um, right I remember and I felt the need to be very flowery eccentric um, yeah. kind of <laughs> heavy on the heavy on the superlatives and and kind of like yeah I'd write things basically like this was the best watch in the entire world right no matter what and you can't tell me otherwise and I'm gonna 
I'm going to ingrain these thoughts in your mind, no matter what. <laughs> um, you know, then I started feeling like I had to sort of weave this very elaborate narrative behind everything. And it's just, that's, that's entertaining and that's fun. And I, I appreciate writers that do that, but I think it's just better to get down to business. Interesting. Okay. And just, and just tell it like it is. And I'm, I'm definitely of the opinion that, you know, less is more <laughs> kind of like in watch design with watch writing. I think less is more unless you're doing something like a very long detailed guide or featured piece, right? Like the NATO strap, like the NATO strap guide that we have on our website or the, the Russian watch guides that you have on the site. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that that's definitely a, a better platform for like a longer piece, but, um, you know, I, I've just been keeping it simple lately. Because I, I think people, I, I think, I think you're subscribing to that, that 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 school of writing because you. It's easy to try and unintentionally plant an opinion in someone's head if you write something very positively, or if you write something with your own sort of opinions. You know what I'm saying? I think you want to keep it neutral because you just want to give people the facts so they make the choice, right? Yeah, I'm definitely less afraid these days to make my opinion known mm -hmm. um and far less concerned with convincing somebody to really like a watch right because you know consumers consumers that are into like watches you know like this heavily to where they're listening to a watch podcast or maybe like jumping between like watch blogs and watch news and all this kind of stuff and keeping up with trade shows they're prosumers at this point and I think they're smart enough to come to their own conclusions. Mm. And if you try to, if you try to like veer them in a different direction, it's going to be uncomfortable for them as a reader. So just, I'm more into speaking candidly, uh, and approaching it with my own opinion. Um, and uh, leaving it open for the reader to make their own conclusions. I think that's, that's really important. If you want to dress it up with kind of, fancy whatever fine um you know we're not writing novels <laughs> i just i just want the i i want things to be easy to consume um you know especially when it's something as complex as like I don't know, a grand complication at sihh for example i, I found myself um, wandering the wood the scars of the bear attack still fresh <laughs> in my arms i looked down my brain on endurance was still with me this is the brain on endurance <laughs> review like 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 that yeah. like that kind of bullshit that can be quite difficult, you know, when you're, when you're, um, you know, when you have to write about some, some watch that has like, I don't know, dual time equation of time complication, sunset, sunset times, uh, I mean, sunrise times and shit like that. Yeah. Um, you know, split second chronograph on top of everything with a minute repeater. It can be intimidating, you know, depending on the watch. But. Well, because the thing is, I feel like also I, people might default to sort of saying things in a very flowery way or doing these elaborate stories. Because at the end of the day, when you strip away a lot of the bullshit, a lot of the watches tend to just kind of be this. It's got three hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a fucking it's watch. It's a fucking watch. <laughs> yeah, no, really. But I feel like that's the... So that's why I th you and I are very selective with the stuff we write about on the website because we don't want to put ourselves in that position. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I feel like because we we get approached uh, uh, a lot, and it's just like it's just like this isn't really gonna like resonate with the, we we can't do anything valuable for you, and this won't offer anything valuable to folks who are on the website, folks who listen to the show, you know. So, but I feel like right. that's why a lot of times the the sort of flowery, everything is awesome language happens because I mean you 
you gotta write something, especially if like you know there's there's the this this brand expectance from you, you know what I mean? So I think that's where it comes from. Um, it's interesting. I think I think we differ in 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 the way we write in that. And, and you guys, watch fame. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I write reviews to convince anyone or to like give them info to sort of make a choice. I th and I, I know that might sound weird because I guess I'm supposed to be doing that. But I, when I write, I write very much trying to articulate the experience that I had, oh, that only I could ever have with the watch, and that's based on my perspective. So usually, I, I, I I'll start with some sort of like initial and initial impression of the watch sometimes it's like a little like a like a few sentence like story or something like that and then i'll uh -huh. just talk about how i inter how i just interact with the watch in real time so i'll just talk about like how i feel about the case and how it might remind me of this or how it might not remind me of this or how it feels so on and so forth so i mean but hearing you talk that just occurred to me michael should i should i write in a way where i guess i should try and just <laughs> give people facts to make a choice or that never occurred to me to give people the facts to make a choice, I was just I was just writing about my thoughts. If my it's thoughts. if it's done if it's <laughs> done in a very basic, very direct, very uh, approachable way, I I would say so. Yeah, and, and that's that's the trick is leaving it open for them to make a decision. Now, you know, we talked about the 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 Brema endurance, <clears throat> <clears throat> for example, and that's a it's a basic watch. It's a basic GMT watch, mm -hmm. but and I guess this this can depend uh, on the watch that comes my way when when the time comes to write about it. But the backstory behind it, you know, with with Ben Saunders, and then the fact that the watch is called the Endurance, it's like named after the, um, you know, the lost the lost ship on the expedition. I right. I kind of I find it very important to frame that context as well. And if if I do uh, if I yeah. do get if I do end up getting a little bit flowery or or drony, it'll be when I'm framing the context for the watch. When I get into the actual when I get into the actual watch writing portion, I make sure to keep things very basic. Um, you know, these are the facts. That's such, Definitely a, that's such a good point. More more showing, less telling. That's a really. I mean, um, I feel like yeah, exposition you're talking about makes sense when you have to just give background on a watch, background that you think is relevant. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So when you know, go crazy if you want to frame the context for something. You know, if if something is important for the brand, um, if there's a big time innovation for the brand, if this is the first time they've done something since you know, I don't know what. Like I just wrote a review for the uh, Timex Marlin, and um, I didn't know it was like the first kind of mechanical release since 1982. So wow, yeah, that's kind of something you gotta you gotta talk about, but um. I don't know. These days, I think less is more by far. It's and I I do I do enjoy breaking things down into different like uh, subheadings as well. I think that's that's easier easier on the eyes for readers. Lately, I've been doing that. Well, yeah, that and the thing is, folks are are more inclined to just scroll for the section they want. Very rarely, if someone clicks on something that they want to read about the whole watch, they knew about the watch already, and maybe they're curious about the case, or maybe they're curious about the dial, maybe they're curious about a final thought. So that's where um, that's where subheadings are helpful. I mean, it just occurred to me, like you know, we 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 you know we have we, obviously we're we're friends and we have the show and everything like that. There are things that I do where I sometimes be like, Michael would hate this. 
My Michael would totally hate this. And so it just occurred to me, one of them is probably how I write reviews. The other one is, dude, no lie. I don't think I've ever told you this. Every morning when I make coffee, I put I put cream and sugar, and I'm like, Michael would hate this. <laughs> if, well, it depends on the coffee. If only Michael could. It's this, the shit that I make in my in my makeshift pour-over, my, 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 my janky-ass pour-over uh, coffee method now. Well, you can probably put cream and sugar in that. You'll be fine. <laughs> Michael be so upset with me. <laughs> I, I I do sugar sometimes. I do I do sugar on on rare occasions, and when I do it, I do it the way that Agent uh, K does in in Men in Black. So How does he do black, it? <laughs> just black two sugars. Watch the movies again. That's what he always says. Black two sugars. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Telling you, man. But no, I I I, I think. I don't know. I like the way I write because this is also the, this is also the selfish part to work watch knobs for me. It's very therapeutic when I'm able to work on our site, our own property. Like when I have Google Search Console open for our bullshit, I'm so happy because throughout the week I have to do it for other people's websites. You know, yeah. and it's just like yeah. it's just like oh Christ, like I just. I just get sick to my stomach and I'm like, dude, but then like when work is over, it's in the weekend and I have our stuff open and I'm just doing research for like future articles or kind of just like just future optimization efforts. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I want to use my powers for good. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like Taylor Swift's like bass player. Like he, he does, he does the gig like Monday through Friday and like whatever that's, that's his thing. But then he goes home and he plays his like abstract vegan core. Um, (laughs) you know noise music is that is that true <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but, but you're you're i i i think it's a i think it's a point of comfort and yeah. you know and you know this is this is your thing uh, you're not necessarily putting on a performance for somebody else yeah um and the the only person really judging you is is you um i'm certainly not judging you on your writing so you don't have to worry about that michael you, michael, <laughs> you can judge me it's fine i i i <laughs> I, I deserve I deserve to be judged critically by those around me. It's fine. But I, I think I think as soon as you stop feeling the need to put on some kind of elaborate performance, especially as a writer, um yeah. you're gonna you're gonna write a better watch review. I think that was uh, the biggest I, thing I learned. Like there's like you shouldn't approach this with the idea that you have something to prove. Yeah, dude, there's enough there's enough kind of self gratifying like writing. In, in like the watch world, whether yeah. it's in press releases or like some forms of like watch journalism and just like the readers don't need it. Like you're going to lose them after the first paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, straight like, up. Dude. I, 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 I mean, you, 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 you say it really, really well. It makes a lot of sense. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how people kind of get into that rut. Well, I'm trying to think. You said a long time ago. I I try not to name drop on other 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 um, watch press outlets, but uh, but it doesn't matter. You said a long time ago you really respected Jack Forrester. I do, I do, because he writes he writes in a way that's very compelling. Okay. Uh, it's clear. It's not overly complex. I I think it's easy to kind of fall into that trap if you wanna if you want to get into extreme detail on like a, a watch movement or something. Um, but it's still, it's still very approachable, very knowledgeable and conversational. Um, Interesting. I do, I do, I do respect him as a writer uh, for sure. And he knows how to, he knows how to step away from the press release language. Yeah. 
but he also knows how to not just give you like a specs list. That's that's you know? the balance. I feel like you know what I mean. Yeah. That's that's the balance because you can you can dumb it down way too much. You can be like, this case is forty three millimeters. <laughs> the water resistance is three hundred meters. Like this and this <laughs> and that. It, you can get you can end up with a very fragmented piece. Yeah. Um. That's just kind of it's kind of boring and like okay I'll just. Sure, you took out like the garbage from the press release, but now you're just giving me a specs list. Yeah. So that's that's where the element of opinion I think is really important. Your opinion is more important than trying to sway the opinion of the reader. That's um, a good way of saying it, actually. Yeah, yeah. But he, I, I, I do, I do enjoy his writing. Um, you know, especially like feature pieces where he, once again, frames the context for something important. I think one of his more uh, popular. Uh, pieces of writing last year was something he did for the Bulova astronaut, which is like a discontinued mm -hmm. um, one of like their high frequency quartz watches. It's like a GMT. And, um, you know, he kind of, he makes a connection between the watch and the manufacturer and the pilots that flew the uh, SR 71. And he gets into the history of the spy plane and it, that, that kind of stuff is cool. If you're doing that, totally go crazy. Cause it, that's, like, that, reviews, that's like, that's like history writing. You know, that's exactly, cool. exactly. And it's, it's very, it, it, it demands, it demands an element of skill. Um, but you know, for, for a watch review, I'm more concerned with, um, just not talking down to the reader. Cause at the mm. same time you can have somebody that's like brand new to watches. And like, if you write something like, well, you probably knew that in 1878, <laughs> like Seiko did this, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't know man just it can it can end up being really intimidating so um it's definitely what i think the big takeaway is and this is my experience it's such a trial and error process i think that's also really important to like understand because yeah. I, I, we also wanted to focus on this topic for this episode because we have a lot of folks who are contributing pieces for for the website reviews articles thought pieces which is which is like super incredible that you guys trust us and just like dig us enough to want us to host like your opinions that that's just super super cool um and like some folks were just asking like in terms of like tips and things like that and i think like one of the biggest takeaways from this entire conversation that you and i are having is that it's it, out the gate it's never going to be perfect the process will always be evolving and it will always be a trial and error process like we're sitting here talking about how great jack force is running is but i'm pretty sure he probably thinks he sucks you know what I mean? Like he's still like working <laughs> through the process, you know, right? Because like that's not like like our perspective is that he's got everything figured out. I'm sure he freaks out all the time. Like I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do with this this fucking press release <laughs> on my desk right now. You know, you, when when you get into it, when you get into like the circle of like watch writers, also you kind of start to realize what their strengths and weaknesses are, mm. and then you know, I'm just not going to name any names, but you can say my uh, name. It's okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> You you start to get a feel for everybody's preference, yeah. And you know, I'm gonna be more excited about riding, you know, something on a glycine airman than like some new like I don't know, Ulysses Nardin like yachting tourbillon. <laughs> and it's it's gonna translate into the riding whether I want it to or not. Yeah. Um, how was that? How was that glycine? By the way, is that a is that is that part of your collection yet or? No, I look, you know what? It's kind of, it's really annoying. Cause I still look every, everyone, a lot of people and the, the number of DMS has increased by the way, 
Um, everyone's like, Hey Mike, look at this one. Look at this one. Look at this one. You guys are so nice. (laughs) You guys, you guys are very nice. And if, if I didn't answer your DM, I'm sorry. It's just cause I'm really bad at the internet. And like, I don't even (laughs) half the time. I don't know what's going on on my phone. I'm just like in total old dude mode (laughs) these days. Um, but there are two on eBay right now and they're the actual 24 hour version. Okay. So the version, the version that I want is the number one reissue purest 24 hour meaning that the hour hand only may only rotates once right throughout the day um there are a lot of those in the white dial configuration not many in the black as far as i know they made they made more of the black ones with the traditional gmt hand right so it's tough but yeah i'd be more stoked writing about that watch than uh you know you're listening Something to our Dan's like, yacht timer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they make some cool watches. I I, I, I do like uh I do like them as a brand. Odd brand. I think it's one of the last or one of the last few proper like independent super high luxury brands. I don't think they're Richemont or LVM or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, I'm not really sure, but if you're into that whole marine chronometer thing, I, I don't think anyone does it better. I want a freak. I want I want you to listen I want to listen to Dan Freak so bad. <laughs> I just don't have forty thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh, it is more than that, my friend. Is it more than that? Now, dude, fuck watches. <laughs> why are we? Why are we collecting cookies? You can make. I could literally, with three ingredients, I'm looking at right now in my fucking kitchen. I could make a cookie, dude. All right. <laughs> Flour, uh, brown sugar, and I probably got eggs somewhere in my fridge. Yeah, you know. But that's. I mean, that's that's it for me with with writing about watches. I I certainly try to. I try to improve. You know, every time I sit down to do it, I wanna, um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a sumo review for the website. And since it's it's mm-hmm. my watch, and since I don't really have like 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 a risk factor if I do anything weird, I'm I'm gonna experiment with a style. I'm gonna see if I can't just like any word over three syllables. I'm not gonna use. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like for some reason when I write, I just I just like my writing just gets sticky. And so it's dense sentence, dense, dense sentence, dick joke. Dense sentence, dense sentence, dick joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, just like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very self-conscious now. This, this would have been a fun episode. And I think we should do um, a dedicated interview with your, with your, uh, your best man who works as a professional writer. Oh, we, we could, we could get, we could get Evan on the show. He could kind of give a. <laughs> Give some insight. Yeah, he is. He's that. I, I keep forgetting. It's so funny because I, I I grew up with him and like we were like in sixth grade together, and like you know chased girls and did all the stuff and watched anime and I, I totally keep forgetting he's like a proper published author. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would probably propose the challenge that you write an entire review in haikus. <laughs> so you just love 40 haikus in one review maybe we should buy a seiko snk 805 8038 whatever it is and um do that in a haiku review and then give it away <laughs> what do we have to lose right that's a that's a new category for the website Hi- haiku haiku. <laughs> maybe 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 it could be done i'm gonna think about it i'm gonna think about it um, <laughs> so we're getting towards the end. I want to do a recap, but really, really quick. People ask every now and then, just in terms of like, let's just kind of transition really quickly to photography, like what we use for photos. Do you want to talk about what you use really quick in terms of like equipment? And then I'll talk about what I use. Dude, I forgot. Okay. So 
This I'm I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, we could talk about that because if people ask, uh, people ask me like 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 they'll like they'll DM us on two uh, on two watch times and be like, hey blah 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 you know like you know uh, just curious about your setup and I'm like I don't know. Okay, so I found the camera that I used because I forgot the number. Okay. Uh, let me get the lenses. Um. So I shoot on a Nikon a D thirty four hundred. Okay. Uh, it's kind of, it's just their really basic entry level DSLR. Um, kind of competes with the the Canon. I think like T five I range. I don't know which one Canon is on now because after after going with Nikon, you start to get into everything like all things Nikon with like the lenses and other gear, whatever. And I, you know, it is what it is. It's a super entry level camera, and right now it does what I need it to do, and. It, it's it's fine until I find some kind of limitation, you know, I'm not going to upgrade. Um for a while I just shot on the stock 18 to 55 millimeter zoom lens that it came with. Yeah. Um and then I bought this um this fixed 50 millimeter uh 1.8 AFS Nikkor or Nikkor lens and that's a kind of hard lens to shoot watch photos with. It's definitely better if you're out like on the street just doing like whatever photography or portraits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, one thing you really have to consider if you're not using a, a macro lens is your minimum focus distance. Yeah. So how close. And that's that's a spec that I just never paid attention to um, until I got this lens and I was like, fuck, I can't get close <laughs> without this thing like freaking out. Um, so then I got another fixed 1.8, which is their the same, same lineup. And that's the 30 millimeter fixed 30 millimeter nice. 1.8. And I think you shoot like on a fixed 30 millimeter and it's just like, it's perfect. It's easy to do like wrist shots. You can get up close if you need to, if you want to get closer, you can crop. I haven't gotten into macro uh, photography yet. I probably should. Um, it's just, it's a slightly intimidating kind of sub subsection of photography to get into yeah for me at least yeah no i i, I, that, I that's all i use i don't use like a flash or anything like that um yeah that's it do you ever do you ever use your phone as like a backup the s7 is not good my wife just got the iphone 10 and that's got like a crazy camera nice but um no the s7 i i don't really like to watch photos okay i hear you know. that how about you um, so I'm, I'm using, it's super funny. Cause you said when you got your Nikon, you just focused on all things Nikon. I had the same experience. I have a Fuji. After I got a Fuji. I just focused on, I just wanted all things Fuji, Fuji X mount. If it's not Fuji X mount, <laughs> I don't go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I use yeah. a Fuji XT 10. It's also super entry level. It's one of those mirrorless cameras. Um, uh, I honestly don't know too much about photography. The camera was recommended to me by by folks in the watch community and and people I know um, like like also. It's super small. It has like the same footprint as like my iPhone. It's really tiny. Um, so I like people to just carry it around. I had this little tiny bag for it. I bought just the body on uh, keh.com used or K. I have no idea how the fuck to say it. Um, uh -huh. So I got just the body, no lens. But then I bought a lens. I bought a Fujinon um, X. F a 35 millimeter it's uh fixed it's a prime lens also i like it i want to get like more lens i want to get like a macro attachment as well because i want to sort of get into macro shots you know 
Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of equipment, that's it. It's the Fuji XD10. I love it. It's super, super small. It's this Fujinon uh, 35mm uh, lens as well. I really, really like it. Um, I, I, I paid a little bit more to get this lens because I just wanted something nice because I didn't really hear good things about the lens the camera came with, which is why I bought the camera without the lens, you know? Um, right. I like... The only annoying thing about the Fuji, and this isn't really in the Fuji's fault. It's my fault for being stupid is that um, the, 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 the JPEGs <laughs> that it creates on the camera, on the viewfinder, are incredible. They're beautiful. Things look incredible on the camera. As soon yeah. as I poured it over to my laptop, it looks like dog shit. And I'm like, okay, good, good. But that's my fault. That's, that's a great feeling. It's, by, it's my fault because my, my laptop monitor sucks. Like, I want, to get uh, a pro- yeah. I want to get a proper monitor with which to actually, like, process my photos. And so, like, it's for me, that's the biggest headache. It's just yeah. from camera to, to laptop. I have like a fucking $200 Acer. You know what I mean? No, you can get like a nice uh, IPS monitor, which is what's usually recommended. And, and any of the like photo geeks out there can correct me, but that's <clears throat> that's what I went for. And I find it pretty accurate. I, I didn't yeah. spend too much. Acer makes one a 23 inch for 129 Oh, it's Amazon, not bad at all. Why do you think, know? Why do you think it would be like $4,000 for a good monitor? <laughs> you got to edit in 4K, man. Uh, <laughs> the problem no, is... Yeah, yeah, look for it. The problem is with me and computers, I'm still stuck in 1999 where like to get a good computer, you just spend 2000 bucks. These days, you can spend like 300 bucks and make it yourself and it'll basically like, it'll send rockets to the moon, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like my brain is still stuck in, in that mode. So maybe I'll do that. Just get the monitor and I can just plug the laptop into that. Instead of just having like, and then just, just use that monitor for, for photo editing. Like, does that make sense or is that weird? Yeah, no, that, that makes, that makes perfect sense. That's, that's basically how I work. I work with a laptop just plugged into like a, a bigger monitor and I use that every single day. Cause if you guys are on the Instagram and you see my photos and you're like, oh, this, this photo is cool, but like, it's really weirdly bright or like, why is it so green? It's because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing from camera <laughs> to laptop. It's like the Wild West. I'm like, man, I'm just going to fucking guess and hope this looks good because it looked great on my fucking viewfinder. You know what I mean? But it just, so just- the, pro- the progression is we we did the first two broke watch snobs that kind of came up in this in discussion. What was it? September 6th? What? 2016? Oh, yeah. The first time like we decided to do it is September 6th, 2000. Um, Oh, I have it on the I have, I have it on the undone chrono. 2016. Yeah. So so from from around that time to now, we've gone to being completely clueless to only sort of clueless. <laughs> with 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 a dash of like not caring. <laughs> After having spent, you know, I, I for for my entire I spent far four or five hundred bucks on the camera body and I spent about four hundred bucks on my lens. So I'm a thousand yeah. I'm a thousand dollars in and not much smarter. Yeah, about the same. Yeah, the the D thirty four hundred with the with with the kit lens is like four fifty something. Nice. Um, and then I think one lens was like two hundred, and then another lens was like almost two hundred. So yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about upgrading though. I want to explore with different lenses. I like I like the XT ten. I don't want to upgrade from that. I want to stick with that. Because right now my impediment is just is just a post post processing setup. Um, also, just to, to clarify, I do use my phone sometimes as a backup if I'm in a situation and I can't get to my camera because I have an iPhone Seven and they can't, the camera's pretty solid on there. Yeah, you know. Um, so I do I do I have a cat in my lap right now. She just crawled into my lap. Um, sweetheart, 
Yes. Don't eat my microphone. But um, but I do use the iPhone, so it's a combination of my XT10, my Fuji XT10, and the iPhone. What I would like to do in terms of upgrading, I'd like to explore. Nope, dude, don't don't eat that. Sorry, I'd like to explore more lenses, and I want to explore a better controlled lighting situation. I want to get some reflector stands. I want to get um, a good source of artificial light. I have a pretty strong LED, but I might want to get a couple more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah. just because I like I like the idea of like it's two in the morning. I'm not sleepy. I have an hour to kill. Let's just fucking take some photos, man. Let's just let's just let's just mung out to some death cab, and fucking just take some watch photos. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't have that that opportunity now to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what we use, and I mean, I'm excited to get better. You know, it's fun taking taking watch photos. It is very very cool. Uh, so I, I just I just saw the time. Uh, shit. Should I do should I do like a really weird recap? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, this is a really, really cool wrist check. Michael and I are both wearing really cool watches. You were rocking that Raven Venture. I'm super happy you were finally able to spend some wrist time with it. Um, go and check out my review on the website, twobrokewatchknobs.com. In addition to that, we had Steve Lovelin from uh, Raven Watches on as a special guest for episode 69, where he talks about the venture. He talks about his approach to design. Really, really cool to have him on the uh, have him on the show. Go and check out that episode as well. I was wearing this MHD Design CR1 watch. I'm just fucking smitten. Doesn't even begin to encompass the word or the feeling that I have for this watch. I'm super mm. into it. Probably just because I thought I didn't think I was going to like it. Maybe that's why I'm so into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, really, really cool watch. Um, interesting just to see how this micro brand pilot watch from A13A goes. I mean, it's 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 really cool to see a micro brand use such a niche quartz movement from ETA. You know what I mean? That split seconds in such a yeah. kind of an interesting way. Um let me think what else. Ba, ba, ba. We're probably never going to know how Braemont got their name. If someone knows or if I'm quoting someone that emailed or DM'd us that story I told, just just reaffirm that for me just so I know I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> those two knuckleheads, they landed in someone's field and the guy's name was Braemont. I, I, I swear okay. to God. I, I believe you. I, I believe no, don't you. believe me, Michael, but just I'm just telling you what I heard or what I think I heard. You know what I'm saying? Um, in addition to that, really, really cool discussion just about just you know how Michael's and Mai's growth and watch writing has occurred, sort of how the different approaches we take, how I think we want, how we always sort of want our writing to evolve. At least I know how I want my writing to to evolve. Oh, I'm getting a cat out of my way. She's trying to eat my headphone wire. I'll be back, sweetie. Um, uh, ba -ba -ba, let me think what else. Uh, really excited to just, you know hear more from you guys who want to contribute we have a lot of really really cool stuff in the works uh one of the first things that went up was a review from um uh, a listener uh oof, i'm gonna i'm gonna screw his, screw his last name up it's tricoli it's jason it's jason tricoli right mm -hmm. let me check it's j it's <laughs> mm, i want to make sure i'm not screwing up your last name dude one second uh-oh what <laughs> no nothing <laughs> It's fine. It's what the family does. Hold on one second. Bulova. He, so, so he did a review for the Bulova Accutron 2 Snorkel. It is Jason Tricoli. Sorry about that. Um, really, really cool. It's, 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 I like, I, so I like his approach to writing because I think, I think you might like it actually too. It's not flowery. It's very much fact-based and it doesn't really, one sentence he'll say something positive and one sentence he'll say something which he thought you know could use improvement or something he thought someone wouldn't like so it's very much kind of like play by play by the book it's really really cool uh, uh the way he did it so go and check out that below i never i always fuck up that brand name bulova bulova bu 
Ugh, borscht. Go check out the Borscht Snorkel <laughs> Review on the on the website, twobookwatchnobs.com. I also have a lot of other really cool stuff coming our way, um, fun reviews, fun thought pieces, fun articles. If anyone else out there is interested, please totally reach out. It's one of those things where I want to offer Two Book Watch Knobs as this thing for the community to just basically share their opinions. Like, you shouldn't feel confined to express, expressing yourself or sharing your opinions about a watch you own. Or, or watch that you like on social media or something like that. Like this, you know, I just want it to just be this this sort of organic thing that we all grow with, like like together. I want us all to grow as writers together. So I uh, just wanted to put that out there. Um, ba -ba -ba, let me think what else. We talked about cameras that we use. Really excited to just see how our photography, you know, grows. Um, especially when we have to shoot on the fly. Like at wind up, or like when you met up with with uh, Nick Harris from Orion Watches to hang out with the Calamity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Want to yeah. improve that definitely. Um, getting towards the end here. Also, uh, if you enjoyed the show, if we made you laugh, if we made your commute or whatever it is you're doing during the show at least a little more enjoyable, please consider going and checking out our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/TwoWorkWatchNobs. Patreon is basically for folks who don't know. It's basically a page where we lay out how we want the show to grow, what the show is about, where um, the areas of the show need to grow and so it's one of those situations where if you want to you can go and uh become a patron where you can like donate a dollar or i think it's i think the button is for one dollar like we set it for only a dollar but i think we suggest four so a dollar per episode but honestly it doesn't matter um you don't, don't honestly don't even go and worry about the fucking donate button go to patreon.com uh, and go and check out we actually do have patreon podcast episodes there that's content that's exclusive to patreon it's free you don't have to pay to listen to it or anything like that um we have two episodes up there right now and we're getting ready to record the third one definitely go and check that out um ba -ba -ba -ba. am i missing anything no it's pretty pretty detailed i think i love when you say that because it's code for long no <laughs> it was detailed <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty detailed dick <laughs> but no 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 yeah i, I think uh, i don't think i missed anything if i did i'm super super sorry but um but yeah that's the show uh really excited to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions you know if you're writing about watches i know i know uh, other people who ever write about watches write for other websites or just write on their personal blogs you know if what we said resonates with you definitely let us know write uh, let us know in the comments on the website or dm email anyway we just love hearing from you guys um, or, or on the Instagram kind of, you know, post for this. Uh, also, if you have any just sort of thoughts on what we're talking about with watch photography or things that you struggle with, which are similar to ours, definitely let us know what's up. I'm um, looking forward to hearing from you guys. And I guess, uh, I guess that's it. I guess we have to go now. Yeah. Is it time? Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. This is the last episode ever. <laughs> oh, Thanks be, for listening, that'd guys. That'd be horrible. But yeah, okay, here, I'll, 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 I'll let you go. I'll let you go. <laughs> Oh, my name is Mike. This is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Now. This, this is not the last episode. Don't worry. We'll be done. Later. Later.